You're listening to New England Public Radio News. I'm Carrie Healy, and this is The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. Joining us today, Rick Hurst of the African-American Point of View and Mike Dobbs of the Reminder Newspapers. Thanks to both of you for being here today. Thank you. My pleasure. On Monday this week, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and 23 other senators filed legislation to push Donald Trump to divest from his business holdings. Their concern is the potential for the Trump family to benefit financially from his presidency. By midweek, during confirmation hearings for Trump's cabinet, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren was among those grilling Ben Carson about his qualifications to become housing secretary. She asked him for an assurance that the Trump family would not financially benefit from any HUD program under his tenure. If there happens to be an extraordinarily good program that's working for millions of people, and it turns out that, that, that someone that you're targeting is going to gain you know, $10 from it, am I going to say, no, the rest of you Americans can't have it? I think logic and common sense probably would be the best way. Rick, Carson says he would use logic and common sense in dealing with potential financial benefits from the Trump family in HUD decision-making. Is that a satisfactory answer? Of course not. Of course not. That's a Carson answer. (laughs) And that means what? Well, it means that he's got a 10-year. The satisfactory answer is that absolutely no contact with the um, Trump family uh, and, and financial decisions that he has to make at HUD. I mean, that seems as clear as the light of day. Mm. Mike? Well, at his press conference, uh, the president-elect said directly, you know, I could run my businesses and I can run the government. But I, I elect not to do that because maybe that will look bad. So he doesn't have any clue. He doesn't have any moral or ethical footing to understand <laughs> what the situation is. And I, unfortunately, you know, again, Dr. Carson, with his medical reputation, clearly is a talented, smart man. But sometimes it will take more than a brain surgeon to run an agency like HUD. Well, apparently Elizabeth and, Warren was also unsatisfied with Carson's answer. The only way that the American people can know that the president is working in their best interests and not in his own is if he divests and puts his assets in a true blind trust. Transferring his holdings to his children does nothing, as the head of the nonpartisan ethics committee said. So, Mike, do you think that Warren and the other 23 senators will be able to compel him to create that blind trust where there are those no connections to his other businesses? No. No, I honestly don't think there's really any political force or leverage that the Democrats can have to do what the ethics people say must be done. Rick? And I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I think what's going to happen is that Trump is going to end up stumbling over his own feet on that one because he wants four years in office. And uh, once those conflict of interests tumble in, uh, he's going to have a problem with Congress and with the American public. When is this going to happen? I think it's going to happen sooner than later. I I, do, too. I mean, I I think that he risks not being able to serve four years. There are going to be conflicts. I can imagine no way in which he can avoid some real bad conflicts of interest. But that, even worse, you see, I think that we're headed toward a situation in which our president sees a way to make money off government. I don't think this is well hidden at all. Uh, I think he intends to make money. And uh, just recently, I wrote a little little bit in my paper, and, and I told my readers, you should study the word kleptocracy, <laughs> because that appears to me to be where we're headed with Trump. 
mm-hmm. and who's surrounded by billionaires. I'm not comfortable with that at all. Uh, and I was a little disturbed that um, Elizabeth Warren would attack Carson. Uh, I, I was hoping she'd be a little harsher on some of those billionaires who are about to go into office. I mean, Carson is just a, a relatively naive guy, to be honest with you. Uh, but these other guys are very sophisticated, and, and they control a lot, a lot of money. And uh, especially that, uh, that Secretary of State nominee. Rex Tillerson who has been dabbling with Russia. I think we're all a little nonplussed and concerned about what's going on with that. And I would have liked to have seen Elizabeth Warren go after him. Well, time flies when we're having fun, no matter what the time zone. And this week, a state commission began discussions over whether Massachusetts should stay on Eastern Daylight Time all year round. That would mean we would not set our clocks back in the fall. So, Rick, you're a dad. Would you have concerns about kids walking to school in the dark in the morning? Or is that no different from them walking home after school in the dark? (laughs) To be frank with you, I don't see it as a big issue. I would stay just where we are. I I get up early in the morning myself, and I, I drive to my office and it's dark, right. and kids are waiting at the bus stop at that time. It doesn't seem to phase them at all. Yeah. Mike, is there an economic impact that this could have on the region? Does this impact crime? This is the stupidest thing to come out of Beacon Hill in absolutely minutes. Uh, I, I, I saw this, and I'm going, <laughs> so we want to create Massachusetts as its own little time zone. Yeah. So. If we want folks from Brattleboro to come down to shop in Northampton, <laughs> they got to look at their watch and figure out where they are and what time it is. This is absolutely inane. It's a waste of time. Think about flights from Logan. Think about delivery trucks from Connecticut. Why do we want to screw up everything? Nice. This is really stupid. And I, I like to go to Boston myself and jack slap every one of those people for even wasting our time with this. Okay, I now. endorse your eloquence, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I get to get surprised now, gentlemen. What story, in your estimation, flew under the radar this week? Uh, buried in the news cycle, what is it that we should not overlook? Rick, 15 seconds. Well, I think what we should not overlook is that on, on Martin Luther King's birthday that's coming up, we've got this elitist group that's suddenly moving into the White House of primarily white male billionaires. There's some irony in that that needs to be flushed out. And Mike, you get the last word. Well, I'm, I'm working on a follow-up. You know, we had these raids of massage parlors recently. And what concerned me about that coverage was that there was no mention about who these women were, how they were being exploited, where they're coming from. It's a great story because it gets everybody talking about this, and then it sort of goes away. But the problem hasn't gone away. So that's something that I'm working on that I think was not covered properly. And that's Mike Dobbs of the Reminder Newspapers, also with us, Rick Hurst of the African-American point of view. Thanks to you both. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks to you, our audience, for tuning in to The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. You can catch this segment anytime by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or by going to nepr.net slash podcasts. I'm Carrie Healy, and this is New England Public Radio.